Welcome into Harrison High School for the Harrison Fall Sports Preview Show and Stadium Renovation Update. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with Tony Pike, former UC and Carolina Panthers quarterback. We won't hold it against him. He's a Reading High School graduate. Welcome to a big high school, Tony. This is a big high school. This, this is, is not little Reading. This is amazing. I don't, I don't know how to handle this right now. I know. It, it, it's, it's, it's like the whole school. Exactly. A real school. This was like, this was the school at Reading, right? Yes, Pretty much this, this right it. here. We and you, even, we didn't have walls or anything. And back in the day, you played on a grass field that by the time the yeah. season started was barely grass. Is that yes. correct? Still have the grass field. So we're going to so talk. I can, I can respect what we're going to talk about up here. Ex exactly. We've got a lot of sports to cover, all the fall sports. We've got football, boys and girls cross country, boys and girls soccer, girls tennis, girls volleyball, boys and girls golf, and we'll even talk a little band. But we start things off with the athletic director here at Harrison, Mark Mybers, and Dan Denier to talk about the stadium renovation project. Um, it is a fundraiser that's still ongoing, Mark, but uh, it, it, this is something you guys have already gotten a leg up put a foot forward, but there's still some more to do. So just fill some people in where things stand and where things are heading. Yeah, thanks for, you know, obviously you guys coming out here this evening and thank you for everybody that's in attendance. We've got a great crowd, um, super stoked. Just so you guys know, if you're entering right now, feel free. Uh, this is an open house forum. Grab some food, grab a drink, make sure you cast a vote over here as you enter for uh, which style turf you like. We're also gonna have some information up here in the front for our website, so. Uh, thank you for those that are in attendance. Obviously, thank you to our Board of Education and our Superintendent John Hampshire for believing in uh, the Harrison Athletic Boosters and kind of what we're doing right now and the, the step we're putting forward with the turf. In regards to the turf, just again, so everybody knows, the goal is $1.5 million. Uh, we've got 650000 pledged already. So these guys, and Dan being one of them, I'll let him talk here for a minute. We've been working on this since February, uh, and everything's starting to come out. We've really hit the ground running. And uh, we're ready to kick it off here this evening and let everybody know that big change is coming to Harrison High School, especially the athletic department, and it's time to think big. Tell people, both of you, either of you, the advantages of a turf field. I, I, most programs in the tri-state and really around the country are going to that, whether it's baseball and softball, um, obviously football fields because football programs also have soccer programs, both boys and girls. It gets a lot of use. You can get some ancillary use in the off-season and charge other entities for using your facilities. Dan, talk about just the advantages of a facility like this with turf. Well, other than being multi-sport, this is actually multi-use. Uh, start with a band group. They can now hold band competitions. Then you have football, soccer. Uh, it's kind of can, it can also be prep for lacrosse, if that ever makes it out this way. Um, and then like you said, this is additional revenue generation. So I know like TFA, uh, they always rent a bunch of fields out, I think LaSalle. Uh, so there, there's money uh, just, you know, popping in a hopper for them right now. So when the maintenance and the replacement comes in, the, fi the funds are already in. What about the, what about the, the competitive side when you, you talk about freshmen coming in or junior high that's now looking at a turf football field or a turf soccer field? The competitive side of not only you know, making this a destination of where kids want to come and compete, but also for speed and safety and things like that of a field that, you know, coming from a grass field at Reading, that field's used, what, 15, 20 times yeah. throughout the week, and then you're playing games on it, so the competitive side as well. Uh, on the athletic end, for, you know, our student athletes that are sitting in here, every single tournament that they go and play in is held on turf. You know, you think about it, if you're making it into a football playoff, it's going to be on turf. Soccer, it's on turf. I think it will take us and elevate us to the next level. Uh, it's something that 
you know, myself and Coach Rehage, you know, it, it rains and we're, we're struggling to figure out if we can be on a field. We've had days that we can't have a practice because every field we have is either underwater or completely muddy. Uh, there's days we try to find a place to go indoor and rent a facility. So I think it's going to open up, uh, it's going to open up the ability, like Dan said, to multi-use that we've never seen before out here because it, it's really been something we haven't had. Most of these surfaces last anywhere from eight to ten years. You might be able to squeeze another little bit out of it, but that seems to be, it seems to be the time frame. Is that what you're looking at? Is something that would be about an eight to ten year lifespan, and then have to move on to another set of turf? Yes. yes. This research the boosters have done, it's getting anywhere from now ten, even up to fourteen. Now, Welcome Stadium, they try. They're on the fourteen year plan, and apparently that didn't work for the Bengals. So don't don't extend it to fourteen years, okay? It is something that yeah, we've absolutely looked at it. Um, we're even kicking around the idea of potentially putting in a turf practice field as well. Uh, when we look a lot at our space, we look at our student athletes. You know, at the high school level, what four hundred seventy eight is about our average every year. Uh, the junior high, we're going to carry 250 plus. So it's going to be a space that everybody's going to be able to use. Uh, and, and we're excited. Like I said, we're having this kickoff party. Great crowd. People to come out and see it, hear about it, get some details, make sure they vote on what color turf they like. And um, sky's the limit. You got, you got a color preference? We're not going to go with the Boise blue, right? We're, we're going to go yeah, with the Boise It doesn't blue. match the color scheme in uh, here. So. Dan, do you have um, a color um, preference? My big preference is the alternating color stripe with a white end zone. Uh, when... We actually had to send, or Mark had to send in the renditions to the uh, OSHA, the Ohio State Athletic Association, for approval uh, of the field. And uh, these, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, these will be the first white end zones, as that's kind of what everybody selected in the state of Ohio. I like it. I like what is, it. What's the, the, the time frame process on this? So you guys are trying to raise the $1.5 from that, if you can get to that level. How quick can a turf field be installed, and you know, where, where are they looking to get that started? That's a great question. The 650000 that's pledged right now uh, obviously is a great start. We can't thank you know our sponsors, those that have come forward already for that. Really, we're going to look to collect those donations, which we have donation cards here for everybody that's in attendance. Uh, we will collect now up and through even February. We're going to try and have a recount in February because then we'll start to really put – the nuts and bolts together of when we're going to kick it off because ultimately we're going to break ground June 1, yep. June 1 of 2020. Uh, and essentially one year from today, August 1 of 2020, we hope we have everybody back here, including you guys, and we'll be having our preview show out on the turf, a little ribbon cutting, and the teams will be hitting the brand-new surface. This it's is about a three-month construction project. Yeah. And this just isn't a turf field installation. You guys are talking scoreboard, other amenities around that that can be added in. Yeah, that. if you don't mind um, – Tony, I'm glad you brought that up. It's the installation of the surf field. It's the new scoreboard. It's new irrigated grass practice fields. We're talking a visitor concession stand and restroom, outdoor storage. I mean, it's going to hit, uh, again, we talked and danced it. It's going to hit every kid that's a band member uh, through seventh grade football. You know, it's going to hit every PE class. Now that we're building a new elementary on this campus, the elementary kids are going to be able to come over and use it. I mean, I think people don't understand the gravity of how this is going to impact the entire community, not just one team, not just one band, but everybody. And this is going to allow you, through all the other youth sport organizations, to hold, uh, you know, the band or the, the bowls for the, right. for, you know, K all the way through six. So there's a lot of additional in this. Holding uh, soccer uh, when you get into the in the playoffs. Heck, you can hold playoffs out here now. 
So right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's player. for some of those schools that are able to do that each year, whether it's soccer or football. It's a revenue generator for those schools as well. Uh, it's not just all going to the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So there's a reason to bid on it. Those facilities can hold those kind of uh, hold those kind of events. We're hoping also with the, the donation piece, you know, we're looking at families and saying we want you to make a commitment over a four year process. So let's say you're a family and you give $500. You can do $125 a year for four years because we want the installments to be, one, easy on the family, and, two, able for us to collect, and then we can pay on that and get it installed. And, again, this is all going to be privately funded then. I cannot say that enough. If anybody follows me on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> or Instagram or MySpace, wherever you are, MySpace. I cannot you're tell you I am that old for MySpace. <laughs> I cannot tell you enough. It is no tax dollars being used. And we have tried to stress that because, let's face it, people can easily get on the Internet and say things uh, through social media or other, uh, other means. This is 100% the Harrison Athletic Boosters, gentlemen like Dan, and we've had a committee of 20 uh, that have been working on this since February. It's grandparents. It's, it's, again, guys like Dan that have elementary kids. You know, those kids aren't even here to use the surface, but we've got people in this community that see exactly what we're building for the future. And I think that's that's the most impactful piece. What do you see on that aspect from the athletes themselves when you talk about the possibility of a turf field? Because I know Dude, one of the things for you, though, back in the day when you played on grass, when you went to turf, it actually made you a little bit faster. Well, it was hard to do, but it probably made you faster. Yeah, well, we, I'm seeing all this. I the visitor concession. I don't. We don't have a visitor side, so I don't that's, even know what that yeah, is. That's, that's a good Redding, point. But when you when you talk about the excitement from the student athletes. And, and what this brings and what this could mean for the future, that certainly has to be a, a driving force because those are the guys that are going to, or guys and girls are going to be out there and benefiting from something like this. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I hope these student athletes come up here and include in our band. You know, you, you look good, you feel good, you play good. And you hear that a lot. Uh, and our boosters do a tremendous job. You can see the soccer team, boys soccer team here in their brand new uniforms. Our boosters do a tremendous job trying to outfit our kids with the best stuff. Uh, and, and our booster group is looking at how do we take the facilities to the next level. So, again, when you walk out there and it's a Friday night or it's a Tuesday night soccer game, you're walking in a place that feels first class. Our current soccer team, and for those of you who don't know, and maybe most do, uh, we play in the outfield of what is our baseball stadium. And it's a very unique setup. It's also something, and, and hopefully uh, our, I would say our female student athletes can really attest to this, we have portalettes. We still have portalettes out at our varsity stadium. And, and it, for me, I will tell you as an athletic director, I hate when kids get off the bus. They've driven 45 minutes from Little Miami, and they say, um, excuse me, sir, where's your restrooms out here? And I've got to point at two portalettes that are probably half full, and it's 95 degrees in all. They, they, see, they think it's a home field advantage, though. Right? That, that's that's the, the other side of it. But you're right. That's, that's not fun for them. It is. It's just something that we look at, again, first-class facilities. What can we bring for the student-athlete? What can the boosters bring for the student-athlete? As a school district, we are, we're building brand new schools. Um, again, we're a changing community. We're a small community, but we're growing, and we're growing in a really positive way. Uh, I, I will tell you, and I say this all the time for these guys, I have the best job out of anybody in the district. And people look at me like, you're absolutely crazy. And I'm like, I get, I get to work with the best parents. I get to work with the best kids. And I get to see the best out of the community. Um, I mean, they're kids that are, again, going to Little Miami 45 minutes away, getting home at 930 and having to study for AP chemistry the next day and there's kids that carry a 3.5 gpa so I, i'm blessed um, i'm glad that we put a team together i'm super stoked for the community and i again i hope folks take away from here tonight what's really coming and how they can help 
Uh, lastly, Mark, uh, I do want to touch on a little bit of the fall sports season that started. We're going to talk to some of the individual coaches and players here in just a second. But, but this always seems like, and I'm a basketball coach, so wintertime for me is special. But fall sports always seem special, too, because it's the new school year. It's a new senior class. It's a new freshman class. Um, there are a lot of fall sports. Um, it feels like it's almost the busiest time of the year because of how many there are. But the, the newness of it coming off the summer, it is always kind of special to kind of get things going. I know everybody points to football, but obviously there's a plethora of, of fall sports that take uh, place. Just, it is. It's the start of the year. It's, you know, you send these guys away in June. And then they come back August 1, and, and you look at how much they've matured, how hard they've worked over the summer. There is a sense for some reason, and it's one of the things I always loved about school. Even if you had a tough year the year before, you get a fresh start, fresh start in August, yeah. man. And it feels so refreshing to be able to walk in and say, okay, this is the year I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Or, hey, I've done X, Y, and Z over the summer, and this is how it's going to pay off. And seeing the kids back on campus, hearing the band play, it, it is a special time. It's something that's unique about Cincinnati. I think it's something that's unique about this area. I think it's unique about high school sports for us. And again, we're we're thrilled. We're thrilled to kick this off. And um, like I said, think big, because I will tell you, everybody that I keep talking to, are you sure? What do you think? How do we do this? We've got to let go and get. We got to take it to the next level. So. Yeah, and I'll leave this. I, I live in the Boone County School District. There are four high schools. One of them has turf. Three of them have grass. And those grass fields by about October the 1st are almost unplayable. And it's, it's unfortunate that they've not been able to ever come to a plan of how to do something. They talk, I, think, I think one of the schools they have to privately fund, but one of them's trying. The other two have not tried. And really, anymore, if you don't have that surface, it really is it's hard across the board for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing, too, here, Mark. We're, you know, a lot of this is pushed talking about the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior class in here now. My son's a fifth grader. So we're really pushing for sure. the future. That's what yep. this is. It's, it's all future development because after this, the sky's the limit. He, he talked about when the athletes went away for the summer at Reading. You were, what, 145 pounds as a senior? She put on five pounds. It was all muscle? Yeah. On your 6'6 six, six frame? 100%. Not bad. I, they, imagine, still, imagine if we had turf. <laughs> like I said, it would have made you faster. Yes. You, and when you short hop passes, they would have bounced instead of just stayed spinning in the grass. <laughs> all right. All right. All good. 100%. Fellas, we appreciate it very much. We're going to continue on here. Good luck with it. If people got questions for you, I know you guys will be around yeah, uh, during just, the night tonight. And I will tell everybody again, myself and the other boosters will be here. If you have questions, feel free to stop by. We'll be manning the tables that are up front. Please grab some food, grab a drink. Make sure you take your pledge card with you. And, um, I, again, uh, a year from now, we need to be doing this. Cutting out ribbon. on the field, ready to go, ribbon cutting, Perfect. and uh, think big. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Mark Mivers, Dan Denier, appreciate it very much. We'll take Thanks. a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some football. Derek Rehage and some of his players will come up here as we continue. It's the Harrison Football Fall Sports Preview Show, rather, from your friends at ESP Media. Yeah. 
We continue with the Harrison Fall Sports Preview Show. Time to talk a little football. Derek Rehage, the head coach, and got a couple of players, senior Levi Tidwell and junior Logan Souders with us. Uh, Derek, I'll start with you. Uh, seven and four record last year, got to the first round of the playoffs. Take me back to last year, what you liked and what maybe you, you can improve upon going into this coming season. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, what we're going to improve on from a year ago is running football. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest weaknesses that we had going in and then stopping to run. Um, everybody knows about the air numbers that we have. We have a great quarterback, great set of receivers. Um, we did a great job pass blocking. One of the biggest things we need to improve on is being able to run the ball when people know we're going to run the ball or have to run the ball. You know, you get down to the goal line, we've got to be able to punch it in. You know, sometimes it's a little easier to do it on the ground than it is through the air. Yeah. Um, your quarterback uh, is coming back, Connor Kennett, 2,500 yards last year. He's working with Tony, so hopefully he doesn't give him any bad habits. Tony, you can speak to Connor a little bit better than I can. Tell, t talk to us about him a little bit. Yeah, obviously big, strong arm. Threw for a bunch of yards last year, and uh, got together with him a little bit in the offseason. And, I mean, the, the upper body's already there, as, as you guys know, just getting the feet, uh, getting footwork a little bit quicker. And, I mean, he's ready for, obviously, a huge season. And I think when you add, uh, like Coach said, anytime you have big offensive passing numbers, you had the ability to run the ball. That just helps the passing game, the play-action game, and everything. So using a, a season like he had last year to, to set up the run game should be uh, something that you know, you're able to capitalize on and, and take that next step like Coach said. Coach, whenever you talk football, really any sport, but football feels like more than any other as a senior class is what kind of leads you just because of the physical maturity of it. That, that group can be the one. Talk to me about that, that group and, and what they mean to you heading into this year. So this, this group's special. We have 19 seniors. Uh, it's the most I've been in my seven years here. Um, it's just a great group of kids. Um, all, all across the board, a couple of them have played for three years. Most of them played now for two years. Um, but just their togetherness, their bond, their chemistry is it's just a group. It's one of them groups you don't get very often. And when you get them, you take advantage of it. And um, you know something special is happening with this group. It's just there's a different feel about practice about two a days just about anything they do the efforts phenomenal um, you know they do give each other a hard time but then they're there to pick each other up so I think Max can maybe speak a little bit more about the bond that this group's had I, I think they've played together since HYF and SOAA yeah I mean just growing up with the guys I mean the first time I caught a football from Connor Kennett was probably kindergarten and now that 12 years later I'm a senior and he's still throwing to me it's pretty special and so, I mean, I think that just speaks volumes of our chemistry. Yeah, Levi, talk about uh, making the playoffs last year. I know the game itself probably wasn't the result you wanted, but how much can you guys carry over from that run, being a part of that into this year with, with, a, with a group that you're talking about? Right. So, I mean, I think we have a lot of returning starters coming back. And so, I mean, that just gives us so much more experience this year. And a lot of returning starters does, does a lot for you. What's, what's the mindset now going into your senior season, knowing that you have one more year of high school football left, how does that change the off-season mentality and, and what you guys want to accomplish? I mean, we've been lifting since January. So, we, I mean, we've really been hitting the weights. And so pre preparation have been, has been harder than ever the three years that I've started here. So, I mean, something's definitely happening special because of our preparation. Logan, we were talking, obviously, about the, the new turf that may go in next year. Um, that might be your senior group. How excited are you when you hear that? Obviously, you're excited for this season. I'll get back to that part in a second. But just hearing that, that might, you might be the first senior class to get a chance to play on that. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it 
it'll eliminate like the sloppy fields and when the, when the rain comes. Last year we had a lot of rainy games and this will help, the turf field will help with that. Yeah, I swear it feels like that second Friday night around here the last four yes. years has been lightning out or, or rained out or whatever. And a lot of those, it, it affects those fields that they have to come back ne the next day. But for you guys, it really, if for a home game, it's got to affect you greatly, especially what we've had the last few years. Uh, it's, been, it's been crazy. I think last year, eight of our 11 games, we had some sort of precipitation or whatever. Um, last year, the, our strength of our team was throwing the ball. It's, it's not always fun to throw the ball in the rain. So, uh, but no, it'll, it'll help tremendously. Um, not having to worry about the field. It was kind of a funny story you brought that up. Um, Oak Hills is having their track worked on. We scrimmaged them, Turpin, and Ponance um, on the 16th, and we have to move the scrimmage. Well, Oak Hills doesn't want to come here because it's grass. They said, no, we're going somewhere that has turf. So we either got to drive to Turp, Derp, Turpin or Dayton. Right. So. And you lose a, a Division One opponent to at least play some yeah. seven on seven with in the summer. We got to drive or something, right. and yeah. so it definitely changes. Logan, what, when, when he says he, want, he wants to run the ball better and more, what does that, what does that mean to you? How much can, can you be a part of that? Uh, I play defense, so. Um, See, they got you listed as a running back on the roster, too, so I thought you were a two-way guy. Uh, no, I play defense, so it will help me in, like, the one-on-ones, uh, preparing the line and preparing the running back for being able to take the beating and blocking during Friday night. As a defender, though, too, um, when you have a team that's passing the ball a lot and you were very successful doing it, uh, a lot of times the defense isn't getting much of a break because it's quick, 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 quick. How much, as a defender, then, you're looking forward to maybe having a little bit of a break for, for the offense, keeping the ball a little bit longer? Oh, definitely. That, <laughs> that, would, that would help a lot. Coach, when you talk about your amount of seniors this year, is that something that's been building around the program and more guys out to play football, and, and that's something that you guys can carry over from this year to next? Because when you talk about big senior classes and guys that have been together for three or four years now in high school, that gives a, a big competitive advantage on the field because they're, they're just familiar with each other. Exactly, and, and, and we've seen that. This is the highest numbers we've had uh, program-wise, uh, even youth-wise, junior high-wise. Our numbers are huge. Um, there's just kind of a sense going around the community, this building, this team, that this class has got something going on. It, it helps get guys out to maybe wouldn't come out if they didn't quite right. have that feeling coming. They knew something special was coming. You, know, you talked about catching your first pass from, from Connor back when he was uh, back when you guys were kindergartners. Um, that's a long period of time. Do you have a favorite memory of, of playing football here at Harrison? Or is that memory still to come maybe this senior year? I mean, every single year I've had a, a it's been special here from HYF to junior high to high school. Every single year has been different. Every single year I've learned more, and uh, it's just a dream come true just for all the seniors to really buy into the program and. Just kids that I grew up with just um, come, come together and have our final senior season and makes you value this last season. Unlike in Kentucky where I am from where everybody but four teams, literally everybody but four teams makes the playoffs, um, it's hard to make the playoffs over here in Ohio. It, it, it is an accomplishment. Um, so that's obviously got to be goal number one. Is, is there a bigger goal than that, Derek? Is that just the simple, is that, is that the, the main goal and is there something above that you think this team can accomplish? Uh, the main goal, and we've talked about it from the seniors, is to advance. We've been at the playoffs um, five of my six years here. We've won one playoff game. The goal here is to win playoff games. Not just to get there, but to win them. And certainly going forward, I mean, we've, we've talked about the field a lot already tonight, but a field where, you know, you have that advantage all throughout the year, it makes a difference of playing on grass 
at home all season than normally you're going to the playoffs and you're playing on a turf field. Teams that are used to playing on turf more obviously get a little bit more of an advantage. For sure. I mean, when we play opponents who have turf, you know, it, it's just definitely a different feel. Like, we went up to Hamilton, did a seven-on-seven with them, and the speed of the game is just that much faster, and it's just something you don't quite get used to when you don't have it every day to practice on. For the players, too, I mean, is, is, is it a big goal for you guys to not just get there again, but to, to do something once you get there to the playoffs? Right, so I mean, I started last two years, and uh, my sophomore year we lost against LaSalle, and then my junior year we lost against Troy. So, I mean, I've been there, done that, and I'm kind of tired of losing in the playoffs. So, next step. I like that. Pretty well said. Okay. I don't think we'll be happy with just making the playoffs this year. Good stuff. Bells, best of luck to you. Uh, certainly, uh, hopefully this is a year that uh, we can look back and you will have advanced a couple rounds in the playoffs. Good luck to you guys this year. Football coach Derek Reage and his players. When we come back, we will talk some cross-country. John Motzinger will come up, and we'll talk to him and some of his cross-country athletes. Thanks very much. We continue with the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. Continue along with the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. Time to talk some cross country. Head coach John Motzinger, and uh, we're going to have a couple of his uh, girls runners up here at this time. We'll bring the boys up in, in just a second. And, and I, I got to tell you, even, even in the days of, of playing baseball and basketball in, in high school myself and having to go through conditioning, the thing I liked the least was running. So I always admired cross country runners because it's what you do. It's, it's almost a thankless sport at, at times. I will tell you how bad I was in conditioning very quickly. I could guess. Well, we used to, at the high school I went to, Dixie Heights, the baseball field was actually at the junior high, which was about a mile and a half away. So we were supposed to run every day from the high school to the baseball field. That was our conditioning. 
we always had a car around the corner. We'd kind of get in the car, get the, get the heater going, get the sweat going, and then we'd hop out, and that, that was our conditioning. Cross country, on the other hand, is, is, is not like that. Uh, John, let's talk about that, your team. I think you got, what, three of your top 21 finishers uh, back from last year, three of the top 21 finishers in the conference back from last year. It seems like you've got a nice nucleus to start with with your girls' team this season. I'm super excited about what we're bringing to the table this year. Last year was a little bit of a rebuilding year. We graduated 15 seniors over the course of two years um, and had something of a rebuild. We think of ourselves as a pack running team. And this year we've, we've got a lot more experience. The team has started to gel. Jessica Guilfoyle has been a great front runner. And Mary Mobley has been pushing toward Jessica. And Zaina Shindy has been a really strong number three runner uh, behind Mary. And this year I think we're going to see a lot of people running with that pack and we, we may not finish in the top five in some races in, in terms of an individual, but with the pack that we have, if we can put five people in the top 20, that's powerful. Yeah, I, I know years ago when I covered preps in, in Ohio in the early 90s, Elder was a big, that, that was kind of their basis of, of the pack mentality of, of running. Some programs you might have a runner or two, they're just special and you just can't harness it. Talk about what that pack means, because I used to hear that and I used to have to ask the coach, to kind of walk me through all of, all of that portion of it. But talk about what, what you want with the pack. The pack is more than just physically running. It's about spending a lot of time together with your teammates, knowing your teammates, knowing when they're having a bad day, encouraging them, working in practice together, and, and just spurring people on when they need it, knowing that little comment that's going to keep them up there with that group of four or five runners. It, it's, it's knowing each other inside and out, just really being great teammates, and, and pushing each other, and, and even more so, being willing to push yourself further than you would just for yourself to better your team. What do, what do practices at the cross-country level, I mean, people just assume cross-country, you're running a far distance. As far as practices go, how do you come up with your practice schedule, and how do you know as a coach, okay, uh, this athlete can be pushed more at this time, we've got to pull back here. How do you judge how far to run and, and what to accomplish in your practices? The nature of cross country is we, we want to build a high volume of mileage early on and then get a little bit faster and maybe a little bit shorter with a little more rest in between with our intervals late in the season. Some kids tend to be more speed oriented kids. I've got kids that run the 400 and 800 in track. They tend to respond a little bit better to speed work. And then my true long distance runners, they tend to do a little bit better with tempo runs and things of that nature. Jessica, you finished, I think, what, sixth in the conference meet last year. Is there an individual goal for you, or is this, this can be such a team sport that, that maybe the individual goal isn't to run out in front, but, but maybe to, to lead the pack or be a part of the pack? What's your goal for this year? Um, my, goal, my goal for this year is just to improve my PRs. I just want to run faster than what I did last year. And if we have a strong pack in the front, that would just be really helpful for me and for other runners. Are you one of those distance runners he's talking about, or are you a speed runner more? I'm definitely a distance runner. <laughs> so the speed is not part of it for you? No. Well, you're fast enough to finish uh, sixth in the, in the conference meet. Mary, how about for you? Um, how much are you looking forward to this year just as a group and, and maybe taking another step from, from what you did last year? Yeah, I'm really excited too. I'm really excited to see how well we perform at our first meet after all the training we've done. I'm excited to see how me and Jess do together, if I can get closer to her or if Zaina can catch up to me more. Like, I'm just excited for it all. Jessica, for you, I mean, last year as a freshman, your first year, I always forget in Ohio, you can't run as middle schoolers at that level. You can do it in Kentucky, so I got a better, better reference point for that. Uh, how hard was it for you? You come in, you're kind of new. I'm, I'm sure they know you, but um, 
how much more of a leader do you feel this year after going through a year and now in your sophomore year? Um, I definitely think my freshman year gave me a lot of experience and I learned a lot. So I think coming in my sophomore year, I can kind of pass down that wisdom to incoming runners and really help them out. Mary, I know high school goes by fast. It probably felt like yesterday you were a freshman and now you're a senior. Uh, do you have a favorite memory? And uh, are you looking forward to maybe making some as, as a senior, especially in, in cross country? Honestly, I think every year is a memory because every year I get to meet new people. I get to say goodbye to old seniors. Like, it's all just new for me every year. It's never the same. You have no cross-country questions because I know you look at I mean, well, you, you, don't, you. You haven't run in your yeah, life. The problem is whenever I had to run, it was for a punishment. I know. Yeah. And, See, that's why yeah, so they I, would just point to the steps and go, yeah. go, go. Yeah, I would always see cross country and just just be in awe of you know I get to like two laps in you know a half mile it. and I'm struggling and I was say John is, what, what what can a punishment event be for you you can't go make them run more I guess you could right with with this team most punishments if there's a mistake that's made is is mostly symbolic we we have the discussion of you made a mistake and you you may have to do some stadium steps you we we may have a little bit of extra conditioning. It's mostly symbolic. These are mistakes that are made where people typically want to do the right thing, but they've messed up. They acknowledge it, take responsibility and ownership, and, and they move on. They police themselves mostly. They'll, they'll come to me if they make a mistake. Uh, we, we haven't had a lot of problems with discipline or, or people being lazy. They, they work really hard. I'm sure you do. When you guys do train, I mean, where, where all do you go run? I mean, do you run down west? Where do you, where do you run around here? Do you run, down, do you run around the school? Where do you guys train usually? It really depends. Sometimes we have track workouts, and we'll stay at the track, but other days we'll run down to the park and really utilize that. Uh, is that, for, and again, for those that do enjoy running, do you like to vary that up, Mary? Do you like to go different, different areas, different places, just so it's not the same all the time? Yeah, I do. Like how last year in July we would run different places like every day, like at the community center, in the park, at the school, like... Yeah, I like to run different places. Is there a preference of if you had the chance for flat running? And I mean, I know I've, I haven't ran in it, but I've watched oh, the I know flying you pig. And I know that's very hilly. And, and some people enjoy that more, the challenges of hills. And some people just want to get out there and run flat. Do you guys have a preference on what you'd run? Um, I definitely like hilly courses. I just find them more interesting. But um, I don't know. I really think it just depends on the day as well. Yeah, I'm more of a trail person, too, myself. I like to run in the woods more than I do, like, on the road. Well, good stuff, ladies. We appreciate it. We'll bring a couple of the guys up here in just a second, John, if you don't mind, and uh, we'll continue rolling along. So we'll talk a little bit of that. If we can get a couple of the, the boys up here, I think we'll get Jake and Chase. Is that right? We'll bring them up at this time, and we'll keep rolling along. Uh, we don't even need to take a time out. I'll just ask you a couple of questions as we, as we change out. Ladies, thanks very much. Good luck this season to both of you, and uh, hopefully you can uh, have, a, have a great year. Appreciate it. John, over the years, as we get these guys up here, have you changed any, any training things that you've done that you've you found more beneficial, maybe done things differently that earlier in your career you thought, I'd I like to do it this way, but I do it, I do it a different way now? Have you changed any training techniques? The big thing, I think, is trying to look at the athletes as different types of athletes rather than a one-size-fits-all training plan, as I mentioned earlier. My, my college coach, Bill Schneer, he talks about the demands of the race dictate the way that you train. So if a race is 90% aerobic and 10% anaerobic, like the cross-country race, then 90% of your conditioning should be aerobic and 10% should be anaerobic. 
And, and I think that probably the number one thing that's changed is just trying to be a little bit more grounded in the science. I knew in my early career what my coaches had always done, but being able to understand a little bit more from the point of view of the scientists. Uh, once, once I started seeing what the scientists were saying about it and, and seeing how the coaches applied it, that, that helped a lot. Yeah, I mean, as a coach, you always think that based on your own personal experiences, right, that you're going to know the, the answer. And sometimes somebody else knows better that's, that's put it to some tests, for goodness sakes. It can be hard, though, to, to, to back off of that. Uh, let's talk about your boys' cross-country team from, from last year and what the expectations are for this group this year. I, I have some nice underclassmen that are going to do some great things for me. But I think that this year's team, uh, more than a lot of the teams in the past, is going to be run by the seniors. We're going to live and die by the seniors this year. Uh, we've got a group of six very good returning seniors that understand what the program is about. They're dedicated. They're great leaders. They know what's expected. It's like having six additional coaches on staff with these guys. They're hardworking. Uh, Nick Payne and Chase Helms are running a little bit more toward the front of the pack. and. I believe that the chase pack is going to work their way up. And uh, like I said with the girls, I'm hoping we'll have a really strong pack with, with a couple of front runners really leading the way. Got a couple of seniors here, Jake Roberts and Chase Helms. And Chase, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, talk about uh, what it will take to, to lead this team and, and um, what your goals and expectations are. Our goals are just to get more guys up in the front group, really pack it together for at least the first half of the race, and then kind of string out yeah, as many points in it as we can before the first 20. Are you guys as a group, and he talked about you guys as seniors together, um, do you guys pretty good at policing yourselves and pushing each other um, for the most part? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, get uh, Jake, uh, Jake, talk about what your kind of expectations are too. For, for this season and, and maybe trying to push even some of the younger guys, even though it's such a big senior-laden group? Uh, yeah, so I've been running with uh, Grant Bischoff, who is a uh, sophomore this year. And last year he was running with the – we have uh, mileage groups A through E, uh, A being more miles and then E being lower mileage. And last season Grant was running with uh, the D mileage group uh, as a freshman. And he didn't do very well. He was kind of, you know, kind of a slow runner. And, uh, and this season he started running um, with me and Chase in the A mileage group. And he has taken off two minutes from his two mile um, just this morning. And big expectations from him. What yeah. do you guys as, as seniors, you know, you've been in the program, you've seen seniors graduate. Uh, and the mark that they leave on the program is you guys now are seniors going into your last season. What's the mark and, and what's the lasting impression you want to leave going out this year of of where you're at in, in your career here as a, as a cross-country runner? Well, I would say the, the biggest senior that impacted me uh, when I was a freshman was Justin Hayes and his, just his natural ability to lead uh, a team. He wasn't necessarily the best runner, but, uh, but he definitely was a big leader emotionally, getting us ready for the meet. And I want to leave that, that big uh, emotional impact that, like, you can do it and let's get pumped up for this meet kind of thing. Do you have that alpha guy this year, or is it, is it more of a, of a committee? I think that if we look at where we were last year, Chase Helms and, and Nick Payne are looking on the course like they're going to be going back and forth for the number one spot. But when we talk about the leadership, uh, these two guys right next to me, Chase Helms, Jake Roberts. Jake is one of the best leaders I've been coaching for a very long time. Jake's one of the best leaders we've ever had. Jake transformed himself this past track season. 
He had a, he had a tremendous improvement in the 800 meters. Um, and, and I feel like in some ways Jake is sort of the emotional leader on the team. Uh, we've got a lot of great seniors, uh, Alex Sipniewski, Abe Shindy, um, I, I alluded to Nick Payne, uh, Jake Guilfoyle is, is also another great leader. We, we've got a lot of guys that know what we're supposed to do, and, and each one has their individual strengths, and, and uh, they, they kind of know when to step up and use them. How's track helped you in cross country? How's cross country helped you in track? I would say that um, the big thing with track is that we li uh, like to work on speed a lot since the distances are shorter. Um, and that really helps with your kick at the end of a cross country race, the cross country race being a 5K. Um, and there isn't really a, there isn't a 5K in high school track. Um, so the fact that you work on that, that good sprint and speed work in track that really transitions. And then from cross country to track, um, that helps because everybody already knows each other. All the distance runners on the track team know each other from cross country, so it's not really difficult in the spring when everybody already knows each other and there's no reason for introductions. Just get right down to business. How, how, how has the offseason gone to, to this point, and, and uh, uh, how, how, do you, how do you view the next couple of weeks of practice kind of leading up to when the season goes? What do you guys need to get done? I think the season's going good for, like, the offseason. We have a lot of guys that are pushing the mileage, getting up there with... Uh, us seniors pushing the pace and they're in the weight room working hard so I think we're looking pretty solid for a start of the season. John sounds like a pretty good group on both sides of it I'm sure you're looking forward to a to a great season and uh, maybe pushing for, for a conference championship when all said and done. Talwand is tough if we win a conference title this year we're going to be doing some things at the regional level as well. Uh, Which is a good I, measuring I, stick then. Yes. It, it is and and I don't put any limitations on what these guys or the girls can do. We've, we've got a lot of athletes that are going to improve a lot this year. And, and sometimes when you talk about the, the young runners merging with a group of older kids that know what they need to do, it's, it's sort of that perfect chemistry where you, you have, you have the, the medium, the, the inexperienced, and the very experienced. You put them all together and mix it up, and th those are sometimes the teams that are the best of all. Yeah, they're the most fun to coach a lot of times because it kind of surprises you a little bit at times. John, we appreciate the time. Phil's, we appreciate it very much. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to your girls' team as well. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. When we continue, we'll talk some soccer. Chris Johnson, the boys' coach, will join us. Then Troy Kennett, the girls' coach, as we roll along. It's the Harrison Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media.
Welcome back as we continue the Harrison Falls Sports Preview Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with former UC and Carolina Panthers quarterback Tony Pike. We roll along a reminder, don't forget to vote on the turf color you want for the uh, turf that's going to go in the stadium. Uh, before we get to talking about your team from last year, Chris Johnson, the boys soccer coach with us and a couple players, what will it mean to you as a program to have a turf field? Because it, uh, it feels like anymore, I mean, for MLS, one of the conditions for FC Cincinnati to move or to get an MLS franchise was a turf field, and, and it's been a big part of it. What, what will it mean for you and your program, too? Uh, well, I, I believe, first of all, it'll give us a catch us up competitively. Uh, we are the only team in our conference that won't have a turf field this year. Um, for that reason, uh, the girls coach and I, we, we tend to try to schedule as many away scrimmages on turf fields as we possibly can. Um, it's faster, the ball bounces more, uh, there's more skill involved. It's, uh, it's definitely something that poses a challenge as we go through the season, which yeah, next I year will. We always talk about the advantage for, for, for football to have it, but I think it's probably a bigger advantage for soccer to have it. And, and again, like, like you said, almost everybody's playing on turf, so it is a completely different game on grass. It, it is, the, uh, the ball rolls pure every time. So uh, when you're trying to manipulate a ball with your feet and you know that it's going to take a bounce a certain way every single time, you know, the better players get better and better and their speed gets faster and faster. And that's something we do have to try to make adjustments for. I know it's, it's the case with, with football playing on grass and turf, the footwear and cleats and all that change as well. Is that something that you see when you're practicing and on your home field, which is grass, to then going to turf? Is that something where footing is different and, and that's a different feel for the players as well? Uh, you know, typically in southwest Ohio, since the ground's so firm here, that their, their footwear tends to be the same on both. Uh, you can switch to turf shoes, uh, some players do. Um, but for the most part, I don't think that'll be a big shift for them. We got players Hunter Cheney and William Shallock with us. I'll ask you guys, when you guys go from your home, turf, home field to playing on those turf surfaces, how much of a difference is it? And I know you guys aren't gonna get a chance to benefit from it because you're seniors, but just looking at the program and what's coming, how much of a benefit do you think it'll be once that happens? Um, for me, I play uh, in the goalkeeper, so for me, um, on grass, that ball didn't come at me as fast, but on turf, it's coming at me a lot more right. faster. I got to get in front of it a lot more. So um, for me, wherever I'm on turf, um, it's harder for me. Yeah, I was going to say, if you play a, a home match one night and two nights later you're playing on turf, I'm guessing the first couple of shots they come off the turf if they do, have got to be almost like you're catching a speeding bullet. It's got to be totally different. Oh, yeah, it's for sure a lot harder. Um, yeah, as you said, as I get adjusted to it, two or three shots in, um, I get comfortable with it, but it definitely takes time. You know, I think we could. I can speak for all the guys, but more playing on turf and the ball just rolls a lot faster. Like when we're in practicing in our grass fields and the grass might be a little longer or if it's shorter, it still doesn't roll as fast as it does on turf. I mean, if you take a shot and turf is wet, it's gonna skip different ways and just it's all around a different game pretty much. Last season's team, 9-7-1 overall, 6-5-1 in the conference. Chris, what do you like about this year's group going in, and, and how can you improve on those? Uh, well, on top of that, we graduated 12 seniors. Including uh, a first-team yeah. all-league member. Yeah, we, we did. Um, we're very young. Uh, four seniors this year. Um, so far, I've seen a lot of really good things. We're growing. Uh, we're, they're feisty. They're competing, which is what you want. Um, we continue to progress. It just we're, they're developing their own identity, which is cool, uh, on and off the field. And that's really where the chemistry amongst the players is going to really determine what we're going to 
we're going to do. Uh, if they hold themselves to a higher standard in training, you know, if they're pushing themselves and the coaches aren't watching, you know, that's where we're going to get better. And so far they're showing great signs of that. Uh, Hunter was a second team selection last season. How much do you lean on that and maybe rely on it on a defensive oriented team? <laughs> uh, the goalkeeper is the, the least favorite spot on the field. You're the hero, you're the, the villain. Um, and he usually did, the defense helps make you or helps he, not make you. He did, yeah. And uh, um, we're, we're going to kind of rely on his ability and we're going to try to push forward and score more goals this year than we did last year, which exposes him more. Um, we really believe he can handle it. Uh, just, uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be one of my favorite seasons ever. Well, we, we learned a lot this year. Are you looking forward to that challenge? Oh, yeah, I'm for sure up to the challenge. Um, I think I thrive when you put me in a spot where I have a challenge, um, just a spot I'm comfortable in. Hunter, as a, as a goalkeeper, and you come off a, a good season last year, what is your goal in the offseason, and how do you go about improving in the areas you want to improve to to be the best in the league? Um, last year, I thought my speed was good, but my upper body, I didn't think I was catching the ball as good. And um, anytime I had to throw it out, I didn't think I was throwing it out as far. So this offseason, I worked my upper body a lot more. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I think last year, my save percentage was like a .788. I'm hoping to get that up at least .10 higher than what last year's was. William, how, how do you guys go about getting, getting the ball in the back of the net a few more times uh, during the course of this season? What can you do better? Well, I mean, we're really trying to work on our passing right now. We seem to really want, want to force things. So we're going to try to play it towards the back more and then play it to the sides and try to get it up field more. Chris, are you changing anything in your attack this year? Or is, it, is it pretty much what you've done? No, we, it, you have to adjust on your personnel. Yeah. Um, we have some very, very strong junior class right now. A few uh, sophomores this year that played as freshmen. So we, do, we do have the pieces that we need. Uh, they're just expected to play different positions that they've never played before. Um, and you can't just build a team in two or three weeks. Right. Um, you know, we found out this week we scrimmaged at Seven Hills, which was turf. Um, you know, a pass to feed in grass goes right to their feet there. It's flying past them. You know, so it's... It's, it's been an interesting week for us last night. Uh, had a great alumni game. About 40 alumni came back out to support the boys. They were excited about the turf coming in. Um, so it's, we're off to, I can't believe how happy I am where we are right now. How, yeah, go ahead. how impactful, when you talk about alumni coming in, I use a bunch of different fields in the area, and it seems like every field I'm on is soccer training and, and soccer teams in the off season. How big has this sport grown? It seems just in the last, what, five, 10 years, are you seeing the growth as well and, and that translate? I, I, I definitely am. I mean, Cincinnati is the place to be for soccer right now. I mean, obviously FC Cincinnati is not performing where they would like to, uh, but their stadiums can be in in two years. Their training facility just opened up. Rose Lavelle, yeah. Women's World Cup this year. I mean, that's, these things are amazing that Cincinnati has been a hotbed for soccer. It's one of the largest uh, youth uh, programs in the country. I think as the game's adjusted, the, the ability, the technical ability has gotten better here too. So you're starting to see not only on the girls' side, but the boys' side are starting to compete as well. Fellas, one final question for each of you. I mean, is, is there a team goal for this year? Have you set one or will you set one? Um, obviously, I think for us is the win swap every year. Um, we fell short of that last year. I think we had a chance last year. We just we let some, some games get out of our hands. Um, the SWAC championship is the main goal. and. Um, 
for soccer, everyone makes the playoffs, but we're not going to be happy with just getting there. Um, last year we lost 1-0 to a tough team, but we wouldn't win this year. I mean, I think another goal other than that is we're a really young team, so I think we're going to try and just grow the team together and just try to work on everything that we have already established beforehand. What is on top of that real quick? What is it as, as far as leaving it for those younger guys coming up in the, in the next couple of years? How important is that for you guys as seniors, as leaders, to, to lay the groundwork to say, okay, we just don't want to win this year, but we want to build a sustainable program here. How important is that for you guys? You know, um, I came in as a freshman, and I was it was my first year actually ever playing soccer. And the seniors that I played with were very influential. They really pushed us to work hard and just get better all together. So I, if I was to leave one thing behind, I'd want to leave the fact that I want our team to work real hard. Chris, final couple questions for you. One being, you talked about your personnel. You got some young guys. Will you spend a, a chunk of, of the early part of the season mixing and matching guys, trying to find where they are? Or would you like to kind of get them settled and try to grow from there? Uh, so actually, in years past, I've probably mixed them up quite a bit. This year, I'm, I'm doing a little bit reverse to see if we can pull the younger guys up. Uh, we have freshmen that are stepping up that want starting spots. Um, we're just trying to set up an environment of training that's competitive. And that that's the only way we're going to get better. You know, we're we're going to battle. It's we get this, the state tournament, we're Division One, so we're going to be playing against some, some pretty heavy hitters. And uh, we usually put out a very respectable team. They play hard, they, they represent their school and their community great. Um, it's just, we're off to a good start this year so far. Yeah, good stuff. Fellas, best of luck this season. Appreciate it. That's Chris Johnson and players Hunter Cheney, William Shalek. When we continue, we'll talk girls soccer. Troy Kinnett, a couple of his players will come up here. Again, don't forget to vote if you would on the uh, turf color and we'll be back in a couple of minutes this is the Harrison Wildcats fall sports preview show from ESP Media
We roll along with the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. Time to talk girls soccer. Head coach Troy Kinnett and a couple of his players are here. We'll introduce them in just a second. Troy, you've been head coach here, what, 15-plus years. Obviously, you've got deep roots in the community. It's been a – that your name, last name, has been associated with Harrison Athletics for a long, long time. What's it meant for you to keep coming back and, and doing this year after year after year? I just truly love Harrison. I graduated here. Um, my whole family is from Harrison. So when you think about – Troy Kennan, I mean, Harrison is where I want to be. So I keep telling these girls, I come back because I love them. Um, there's no place I'd rather be. I've had opportunities to leave in the past, and I won't even consider it because this is exactly where I want to be. Yeah, and, and we, you know, we talked to the last group, the boys, about the, the potential of the turf field coming in. So you've been coaching this whole time. Kind of, at a, I mean, let's face it, a little bit of a disadvantage. How have you, how have you had to adjust over time with that? And as more teams, probably early on, we're talking 15-plus years, you played on some other teams that had grass fields. That's kind of gone by the wayside. So how have you had to maybe change some things you've done because of that? Well, like Chris said, we're the only um, team that right now is going to have grass. And when you practice on grass every day, it kind of gives you a competitive disadvantage when you go because we're not used to practicing sure. playing on it. So like they said, the ball rolls and we're not used to that speed. So we, our execution's a little off because we're not used to playing on turf. So that's the biggest thing. Um, just trying, like Chris said, we try to get as much time on turf as we possibly can with our scrimmages. So there really isn't anything that you can do differently, per se. Um, I know there's times that we came in and kind of kicked the ball on the gym floor a little bit to kind of get used to the ball moving faster. But honestly, you can't simulate the turf without being on it. I like to, I train on grass so that these kids are faster on the turf because it's smart, that much slower. That's a smart way to go. How do you handle... At, at the high school level, I was always interested in this, the off-seasons. And, and obviously things that you want to accomplish with each team, uh, kind of being all over the place throughout the school. How do you keep in touch with what the team is going to be? And is that something, hey, I'm going to rely on the seniors to make sure these girls are getting together and accomplishing X, Y, and Z? Well, one thing is we graduated 10 seniors, which was 56% of our roster last year. And we start right, right when school's out. We, they get no time off. We, st we go starting June, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The turnouts have been great. Um, we probably average about 32 to 34 girls. So we start from the very beginning. Um, they've, they've been working very hard, which I, I tell the parents all the time. You know, they're very supportive, and they deserve a lot of credit because they've instilled in them that work ethic and how important hard work is. So our parents have been great. Players with us are defensive players, Peyton Kirkland and Angela Borcher, and I'll ask you ladies. Um, obviously, with such a big class that, that had graduated, now the leadership falls to you guys. How are you filling into those roles and are you embracing those roles? Um, I think that um, we're stepping up, and it's a lot to take on because we graduated so many seniors, and it's kind of up to us as defenders to kind of start that since we graduated four of our five defenders. Yeah, but I think that our group of seniors this year is really strong and we're going to work through it together, so it'll be good. And, and one thing is, you know, we graduated 10 seniors, but five of them are going on and playing at the collegiate level, which we take great pride in our program. Sure. So. We're losing not only 10 seniors, but we're losing some very good athletes. Yeah, yeah, I think a first-teamer, first-team all-league performer's gone, a couple second-teamers, so that is a chunk. you got two defensive players here, so I'm going to guess that maybe offense is what you're looking to, to replace a little bit. 
Well, really just the opposite because okay. we lost our starting goalkeeper. Um, she went D1 um, and, you know, three of our four starting defenders. So we're kind of trying to replace the defense. And I, and I told the girls, and, you know, we had our team assignments today, and I said, right now, hopefully you understand this. We may move you around. You know, you may play offense on your club team, but you may have to play a different position for us. And I think they all accept that. Um, I think they are going to do anything that they need to do that's for the good of the team. So, I, you know, I respect what's, them for that. What's the mindset for you guys as defenders when you lose a Division One goalkeeper last year, knowing that you guys got to tighten it up and, and be the leaders on the back end of that team and, and maybe protect a, a new goaltender coming in a little bit? Um, I think that we just need to, like, communicate with our goalie a lot just to, like, make sure they get used to the position and where they feel comfortable to communicate to us what we're doing now. I think that we just need to practice a lot. We've been trying a lot of new formations and people in different places, and I think we just need to practice a lot and get our heads where they should be and just have everyone comfortable playing together and playing where they're at. I asked Chris the question of, of would he use a chunk of the regular season of moving people around. Would you do that or would you like to get it fairly set early or do you see yourself as the season goes on maybe moving some of those parts around? Well, if you know anything about our program this year, there's a lot of question marks. So I don't know. I mean, we're going to keep moving people around until we're happy with you know where we're at. You might have 11 um, defensive players out there and, or 10 defensive players and a keeper and have them all in the back end for goodness sakes. Well, you know, Whatever we, works. We mentioned, you know, our defense and losing, you know, three of our four starters and our goalkeeper, but we also lost two of our three leading scorers last year, you know, with Matty Pittman and um, Courtney Hatfield. So, you know, there's question marks all over the field, with, you know, with our team this year. Soccer is, is a little bit different sport than what you see because you see football, there's a huddle and there's time in between plays. Uh, most sports have that. Soccer, you don't have that as much. It's nonstop. For 90 minutes how important one are practices then for you and two having a group of seniors you can rely on to be kind of your voice as that game's going on and that is exactly why we start in June because conditioning is such an important you know aspect of the game so that's why we put a major emphasis on conditioning and um, and I tell the girls you know we start the best 11 for a reason and we want the best 11 to be out on the field. So put yourself in a position that you can play 80 minutes because obviously when you start subbing a lot, you're you know, affecting the continuity and the flow of the game. I know as a coach, you always want to have the, the best talent pool you can possibly have, et cetera, going into a year. You want to have not, not as many questions, but sometimes a year like that can be enjoyable too because you see how those pieces maybe you don't have the answers to right now start to fit together as the year goes on. It sounds like you're still very excited about where the season could take you. And these girls know this. I'm, I'm very excited about the program. I mean, this is my 25th year coaching here, and you know, I'm getting older. Um, I don't know how much longer I want to be here. And I considered getting out last year, and I told these guys, you know, and they knew that. But I am so happy I came back because the work ethic, the chemistry, and just how people are just gelling right now, and they know this. I'm just very happy to be back. Yeah, girls, based on what you lost, you feel like people, people overlook, will overlook you a little bit and, and – Give you a little, does it give you a little chip on your shoulder? I think so. I think other teams are going to look at us and see, oh, we lost 10 seniors and five or six starters. But the thing is, I don't think they see that we have plenty of other girls that can fill their positions well. Yeah, and I agree with Peyton. Like, since we lost so many people, like, people are going to think that we're 
like down players, but really I think it brings us a lot more opportunities to bring let's girls to the leadership role. Let's be very clear. We graduate a lot, but we, we return, mm -hmm. you know, we return some talent. So I, I told somebody the other day, we got some talent. Now let's see if we can be a talented team. Yeah. Well, I, I, when you have a program that you've had success, you would hope that it's more reload than completely rebuild, and, and it feels like that's kind of the case. Yeah, and we have a very strong you know, tradition here. We have like 11 straight winning seasons. So, I mean, we, we've earned the respect of coaches and programs around sure. Cincinnati. Now it's this, time, this team's time to write their own chapter. Girls, as, as seniors, knowing 11 straight winning seasons and, and stats like that, how important does a year like this become for you? And, and we've talked previously tonight about that legacy and as you leave Harrison High School. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on us, but that just pushes us to do our best and be leaders on this team and go for another winning season. Yeah, I think it's just really important because we really want our final season to be really good. Uh, Troy, a couple final questions for you. Do, you. do you set team goals? Do you have a goal? Or do you just, again, you're trying to fit the pieces together first before you can even get to that point? Well, like I said, we had our team assignments today. So usually, you know, after the first couple of days, we sit down with the varsity team, and, yeah, we will come up with some goals. So that's something that we need to do in the next couple of days. So, you know, this is just something that we want to work toward and make sure that we're striving for something. Do you want them to be realistic goals, or do you want them to sometimes be shoot for the moon goals? There's always a fine line, right? Yeah, I mean, I think realistic goals. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to win a state championship, but, you know, to, to make that a goal is awesome. But I think more realistic goals, goals that you can work toward every day, every game, I think is very important. Yeah, I, I want to drive a Maserati. I drive a Camry. I mean, I had the goal, and my goal became a Camry. So there we go. I, I, have a, I still have that goal. Doesn't mean I won't eventually try to, to reach that goal one day. All right. Ladies, how about for you guys? Do you, do you know what goals you want to set? I think every year our goal is to win league and always to advance in the tournament. And I think um, our main goal this year is just to just work together as a team and get better and um, keep a winning season. Yeah, I think that our goal is to not only win on the field, but also win as a team and just be a family. Sounds like you guys are looking forward to a, to a great season. Yeah, and we really push the family and just the team bonding, so. I'm glad that she said that. Good stuff. Guys, we appreciate it very much. Best of luck to you guys this coming season. Thank you very much for coming out you here. You bet. Thank you. Giving Thanks, a pr guys. promoting our athletes. All right, coming up next, Thanks. we'll talk some girls tennis. Dave Williams, the head coach, will be up here, and we'll talk to a couple of his athletes as well as we roll along. It's the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media. Hides a lonesome in his eyes, but you box plays Hank, I'm so lonesome. 
Welcome back. We continue with the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. A reminder, don't forget to vote on your color for the turf that will hopefully be going in one year from now. And uh, also, pick up a pledge card, pledge sheet as well as you're here tonight. At the very least, take it with you and uh, hopefully you can give as they try to raise the rest of the money towards that project. We roll along. We're talking some girls tennis with Dave Williams, the head coach, and a couple of players, McKenna Williams and Emily Brom. Uh, Brom, excuse me, uh, rather. Dave, uh, the good news is you got your one and two singles players back. The bad news is you got to make up for the rest. Yes, it seems like we're always uh, trying to get new players in and always kind of rebuilding. Uh, this is my fifth season. Every year we're always losing lots of seniors. Uh, so it's very nice to have a, a core group, especially your one and two coming back. Yeah, you do start with a good place with your one and two singles players, and McKenna was the player of the year in the, in the SWAC, so that's certainly a good place to start. Tennis is interesting because it is a, an individual sport wrapped in a team sport or a team sport wrapped in an individual sport. Um, do you ever make decisions on doubles teams that way or where you want to play players? Because I, I know some coaches might put two really good players together to make a number one doubles team if they think that's a good route for them to maybe advance in a, in a, in a regional sectional state tournament, et cetera. How do you usually look at it for your athletes? Yeah, you're, you're correct on that. Uh, it's been kind of my, my philosophy here that if I can get stability, that's what I'm really looking for. Uh, when you have girls, you know, one time might be playing three or a two, and then all of a sudden you have them go down at doubles. If they've been playing singles for the entire year, they might not have the, uh, uh, the know-how to do the doubles correctly. Where, you know, if you're playing a number one and two and they're playing first doubles, you know, you've got your top two kids going against, you know, some, uh, some higher level kids. So having that wherewithal and understanding of the sport, it's difficult come to a surprise to you i play tennis about once a week it comes as a shock to me actually hang on a second whoa i, I do i play tennis about once a week now for i'm the guessing you don't play it well it's decent okay I have, I have two forehands i can switch hands and hit with my left now that's actually impressive you get you talk about obviously strength training i don't know if, if people truly realize the conditioning element to the game of tennis i mean you look at you know roger federer and how long he's played in his career and they're going five sets how big of that of an impact does conditioning play for you guys? If not just, hey, this isn't just show up for practice number one. You've got to be in shape to go three sets and, and however many games. That, that's, a, that's a big element of tennis. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand the longevity of a possible match. Uh, we were just talking earlier. She's had uh, a couple matches go almost three hours in high school. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people look on TV and they might see a 6-0, 6-0 match that goes an hour and they're like, oh, this is kind of easy. Quick and easy. You know, yeah. but uh, when you're actually on the court and you've got that sun beating down on you, 95 degrees, court temperatures, you know, 100, 110 degrees, you know, that conditioning really comes into play. Um, we, it's kind of expected to do a lot on your own. Again, like you said, tennis is kind of individual. Um, you know, you, you might be at a club over the summertime working on those individual skills. And, uh, you know, when you come on the court, it's like an expectation, hey, you, you should be almost in shape, ready to go. So welcome to players in McKenna. Talk to you first, played one, first singles, was the player of the year in the, in the SWAC. 
Um, for you, do you like the singles aspect? You, you wouldn't want to move the doubles at some point, or do you, do you enjoy playing singles? I'm assuming you do. I really like singles, but I played in a couple doubles tournaments over the summer, and I think I'm cool with doubles too, but my main focus is singles. Yeah. Uh, any, any major goals for you? I mean, you're player of the year in the league, but I'm guessing there are some goals above and beyond that for you this coming season. Definitely winning SWAC again at first singles, but also making it out of sectionals is a really big goal because I was one match short of doing that last year. So that's my biggest goal this year is making out of sectionals. Again, I, I preface the first question to coach about this being an individual sport and a team sport and vice versa. You are playing as an individual at one singles, but how much of it do you enjoy the team aspect as well? I really like the team aspect too, because it's not just you, but you also have a team to watch out for, and you also get that team atmosphere. And just like the bus rides and stuff, those are always fun. So just watching everyone finishing their matches and also them supporting you is really nice. Come off such a successful season last year, going into your senior season, what do you circle as the biggest, okay, I want to make a jump on this aspect of my game. Where do you want your game to improve and, and take that next step? Um, I've definitely been working on my serve a lot. That's kind of been my main focus, and you don't want to have a soft serve. And um, so that's kind of been the biggest thing. And also my net game has improved a lot, so I'm hoping to incorporate that into my game a lot more this season. How about for you, Emily? What, what, do, you want, what do you want to take an improvement on? What do you want to jump in? Um, I would like to improve my net game and my serves for sure. You enjoy the, the, the singles aspect of it? Would you lobby to, to maybe play one doubles with somebody, or do you like being, being a singles player? Uh, I really like singles play, so. Well, like I, said, I mean, it is, Coach, it's a good place to start. I mean, you have your, your one and two, um, so I'm guessing that's, that's probably a better place to start than if you only had a doubles team back and you were having to fit a bunch of, of top-level pieces in. And, and that's, that's, that's completely true. Um, being able to, they would be well-versed. They, they could play together as a doubles and, and, and do well at that. Um, but, yeah, having these kids come in and being able to kind of accept the roles, I know a lot of the coaches say that a lot. Uh, tennis, again, is, it's very unique. Um, it's a, a really defined type of game that you have to play. Um, but really looking to a, a forward to a really good, solid year. Emily, from a, from a team perspective, what, what is it? Is there a team goal for you guys or – Again, you're so I, – I, I know I get it because you're kind of focused on what you have to do at, at, at your level at number two, number two singles. Is there, is there still a team goal in mind? Uh, yeah, I think our team goal would be to win SWAC and just, like, really improve as a team. For you guys, when you decided, okay, I want to play tennis, whether that was at an early age or at the high school level, is there a, a tennis player out there that, that you watched growing up or that you watched say, well, I want to I model my game after that or, or a player that – made you want to start playing tennis? Um, I would say probably Serena, just because she's the biggest one out there. <laughs> but also Roger Federer, he's been a huge influence, and I just love watching tennis, so I kind of like everyone out there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't really watched tennis that much, because I just started playing as a freshman. You just worry so, about your own game. Yeah. That's good. What drew you to the sport then? Um, well, McKenna, we've been friends for a while, and she was like, you should come out and play tennis. And I was like, okay. Which, which, it sounds like a quick study if she's playing two singles already, right? Uh, she has come a long way, um, in, in the, and this will be a fourth year, obviously. 
but you know, she played one year on JV, and then a, a lot of times in what we've had here is that a lot of kids have had to step up on varsity just by default. Uh, you know, every year is a rebuild year. I was losing five kids, you know, six kids. So Emily's been one of those kids where didn't get a lot of early play time like on varsity level, but second year is like, here you go. And you know, third year, and, and now she's up, you know, at the at the second um, spot right now. So she's definitely been an asset to our team. Em Emily, was there a rule or two that confused you early on? Did you know the alleyway and what that was all about, or did you have to learn when that's used and when it's not used? Uh, yeah, I kind of had to learn and get a feel of how to play the game. So. I'm a big Isner guy. That's what I was going to say. John that, that's, guy. You are John Isner. That's <laughs> yeah. who you are. So you know all about those long, well, long matches. He would come to Carolina Panthers practices. He was a big tennis fan, or a big football fan. So he came up uh, three years ago when he was he in Cincinnati. He saw you in one of the rare practices that you were in? We, we met each other. We okay. golfed together. And then he let me come and hit with him while he came here one year. And his serves at like 134 miles per hour gives you a whole new. Yeah, did you, did you I was going to say, did you no, touch it? No, I didn't touch, touch it. I just <laughs> sat there in awe. Like, yeah, it's impossible. Just tried to avoid hitting yes. you, correct? Yes, that's but you, I mean, there's, there's so much respect for the game of tennis and the conditioning and the short burst. And you play a volley that goes 30 or 40 hits, and then, you know, all of a sudden you got to come back and try to serve or return serve. It is. It's a mentally and physically draining game. No question about it. Well, girls, best of luck to you guys this year, and Coach, best of luck to you, and you. Uh, certainly, uh, hopefully, a great season for everybody. Thank you very we much. Appreciate it very much. When we continue, we'll talk some volleyball as we roll along the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media. Jenny grew up wild like a backfoot daisy Out in the shack with a boutique hound Broke as hell, but blessed with beauty The kind that a rich man can turn down She caught the eye of an oil man dancing One summer night in a dime store dress She had the looks, he had the mansion And you can figure out the rest It was all roses dripping in diamonds Sipping on champagne she was all uptown wearing that white gown, taking his last name. She could hear those church bells ringing, ringing. And up in the loft, that whole choir singing, singing. Fold your hands and close your eyes. Yeah, it's all gonna be alright. And just listen to the church bells ringing.
All right, welcome back in. We continue the Harrison Fall Sports Preview Show. We've talked football, cross country, soccer, tennis. Out of time to talk some, some volleyball. Uh, a great season last year for Phil Deke, and he's got a bunch of players coming back. 19-5 and five overall, 11-1 in the league. Did lose to Mason in the second round of, of the postseason. But uh, with what you accomplished last year and what you got coming back, and we'll talk to the two ladies up here that were part of that, got to be pretty pumped going into this season. Yeah, we definitely have high aspirations, definitely lofty goals and high expectations with what we have coming back. And we got some fresh, young talent, too, that's the talent level in the gym right now is really high. So it's very, very positive. Our two players with us, uh, senior Grace Young, who was selected athlete of the year in the SWAC last year in volleyball, and Emily Jansen, a first-team selection as a junior. You've also got another first-teamer back in, in uh, Morgan Hawk and a second-teamer back in, in Emily Forbeck. So, again, it, it's, a, it's a good group. With that comes some pressure, though, right? Or maybe it's good pressure. It's good pressure. Like, they, they want to be challenged, and so they want to push themselves to be better. And I've talked to each one of them individually about their aspirations and what they want to do as an individual and as a team. And so as high as I won the lofty goals I have for them, they're, they're setting even bigger ones for themselves, so, which is a positive. They're just a great group of kids. Grace, talk about those, some, of the, some of those goals. Uh, again, with the year you had last year, with what all is coming back, it's got to be very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, my goal, again, is this year to come out on top as player of the year and keep winning. And for us to like, come back as league champions, I mean, we're, that's our number one goal. Like, we want our number back up on that sign again. And I also want to come back as leader in blocks and kills this year. Uh, I, obviously for you, Emily, as a, as a setter, and you're the one that gets to set everybody up, and uh, the, 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 everybody knows the kill numbers a lot of times, but uh, how much do you enjoy that role, and uh, how big of a role is it on this team? Uh, I think setter is one of the most important roles on the court because you have to connect with your hitters. You're the one running the offense. And I started setting sophomore year, so um, I have a good connection with my hitters right now, and we work really well together. Yeah, how, how important is that to, to have that, that communication and, and the ability not just to put it in the right spot, but to be able to kind of mix things up and, and talk to them on the fly? It, it's very important. Like, they're, especially these two, they have like this innate ability just to look at each other and they know what they're doing on the next play. And Emily does a great job working with all the hitters and talking with them all. We, we work on it a lot because we're playing at a much faster tempo this year, which creates a lot more coordination between them. And so she's done a great job talking with them, working with them individually, helping them. And with Grace has a great role model, showing a lot of girls and helping them out. And just the connection that those two have is, it, it's hard to, to explain it. You have to kind of see it. Yeah. They just do it. Well, You've got to think setters a lot like quarterback. You know, makes a lot of the plays happen, but never gets any of the notoriety. Never gets any of the notoriety, never. no. It's a, it's a thankless job. Your name is? No. Okay, so I don't even know who you are right now. So there how, you go. How big is, how big is the, uh, the role of, and I feel like off-season sports with club and stuff like that, how big of a role for these girls do you see that, that club plays of maybe, I have a sister at, at Seton that plays volleyball that, you know, she can play at a, a certain level in high school. Maybe she's just a middle hitter. And club now, she works on outside and back row. So how much does club season help the offseason for these girls of rounding their game off? It's, it's very important, just the growth and the development of playing around the, you know, all year, around right. all the seasons. But then just with them playing different positions, having other coaches talk to them, working with other girls, you can definitely see, especially from freshman year to sophomore year, the growth that they individually have. And then even when they come back because they both play on high-level club teams, their national teams, and so 
just that pressure of playing in those big tournaments, and you can see just their attitudes and how they carry themselves come back much differently. I'll ask you guys about that too because um, I've coached some AAU basketball and high school basketball, and I was the AAU guys come from different schools and different programs, and yet when they've gone back to play for their high school teams, it's a big deal for them to be back with those teammates. For you guys, obviously, there's different dynamics there because it's a different set of teammates in club is higher level, but at the same time, high school is important. How important is it to get back around this group of teammates? It's really important. Like, we have very good team chemistry. Like, we are a family. Like, we work really well together. And yes, a lot of us do play club, but now most of us play in the club that we're all near each other. So it's like we're still connected in a way, but we're a little bit off, but then when we get back to the season, like that chemistry is right. still there. Grace, how important is the, the relationship with obviously a hitter and a setter, like Coach was talking about, the camaraderie of Emily knows where you guys are going to be. Uh, how big of a, an advantage is that to, to not have to worry about where the set's going to be each time and, and where it's going to be put, but you know every time the consistency of which is going to be there? It's really well because. On some teams, you're just like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. But when you have that connection, you're like, every time you're like, go, go, go. This is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. And it allows you to be able to be a better hitter, but also to make her a better setter, too. Emily, when Coach was talking about the connection, you guys were giggling between each other. I mean, is there is there some secret, I guess, is there some telepathy going on? Or, or what is it that you just know where to go with it? Um, how, how does that work? We just connect really well. I mean, sometimes when the play's going and it's going pretty quick and we don't have time to communicate. Right. Somehow we still know what to run and we get it done. So, Is that just from playing with each other for a, a long period of time or the period of time you have and sometimes chemistry just clicks, right? Last year was the first year they played that way together That's where she was the setter and she was the middle and it, they're great friends off the court too. So when they, when they watch each other play club, so I don't know, they, they picked it up right where they left off from last year already like just in practice the small discussions they have between each other it's just i don't know seamless but yeah. you just flow um we talked about some of the things you're looking forward to for this season what what are a couple of things that you need to to do better improve on between now and maybe the start of the season now between the postseason that, that maybe is going to get you to have a magical year uh we always talk in the gym about serve receive if you can't serve receive, it's hard to do much. And then the other thing we're talking about right now, we're, we're putting in place right now, is just playing faster. Just We're just at another speed right now, I feel like. Uh, and so those are two things. Because as tall as Grace and Emily are, we're not as – compared to a lot of the GGL right. schools, we're not very tall. So we have bigger aspirations. So to kind of counteract that height, we got to play at a different level, different speed. Yeah. Uh, are you able to do that in part because you have so many people back that, that kind of – the, the, the chemistry isn't you're trying to add five new pieces, maybe you're adding a piece or maybe a second piece. Uh, yeah, I would say the biggest thing is just the experience level. Yeah. Like they both play high-level club, so they've come back with that ability. They're, every girl's come back. We have such a good group of girls that we don't have to start over every year with the returners that we have in the gym right now. So it's just we picked up right now and just are going fast. So. Good stuff, ladies. Best of luck to you guys this season. Coach, best of luck to you as well. Should be a, should be a great year. Coming off yeah. a great year last year and a lot coming back. Thanks. We appreciate it very much. Thanks. When we continue, we'll talk some golf, both boys and girls golf. Trevor Ward, the boys golf coach, will join us. It's the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media.
come back, we continue the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. We've talked football, cross country, soccer, tennis, volleyball, and now it's time to talk golf. And before I welcome in, actually pinch hitting, it'll be the athletic director, Mark <laughs> Myers, and a couple of, of, of players. Tell me about your golf stories. You, you said something about golf's like a second, second nature yeah, sport I mean, for you, that's right? What, that's where you have to transfer when you can't play anymore. You switch over to the golf course and... It's been going really well lately. So golf, tennis. So basically, golf is probably your best sport, right? Yes. Tennis is second. Golf and tennis. And football, even though you were allegedly a quarterback in the NFL for a short period of time, that would rank third. I would put that third right now. That's incredible. What's your handicap? Three. Pretty good, Tony. Getting there. What's your home course? Uh, I play at Glenview. Okay. I don't really have a home course. Yeah. I play at Western Hills a lot, too. Uh, okay. Break out the country club. Country I, I, club I see you working. Yeah. All right. Uh, the head Just coach, Trevor friends. Ward, not able to be with us tonight, but uh, we do have uh, Mark Myers uh, pinch hitting for him. This was a good team last year, good group, and, and we're going to talk to a couple of the guys back. I mean, first and second teamers back, or first and second in the conference back from last year. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'll just step in. Like I said, Mr. Ward couldn't be here, and I'm stepping in, but these guys would do all the talking because yeah. these guys are legit. Um, I will tell you that Mr. Ward and obviously Mr. Curtis have done a tremendous job with the golf program. Um, Two-time defending Southwest Ohio Conference champions, and obviously looking, you know, making third here this season. But these guys have been our leaders. Um, can't say enough about both of them and what they do for not only the school but the program. And I'll let you guys go ahead and beat them up and ask them some really good questions here, and I'll sit back. Senior Sam Bischel, Will Nima with us. Sam uh, won the SWAC last year, was player of the year. Will finished second in, in the tournament on the way to helping their team win. Um, I'll start with you, Sam, first and foremost. And it's kind of like we were talking about with tennis. Golf is an individual sport, but there's the team aspect to it. How much do you like both parts of that? The fact that it's you against the course, and yet you also, if you're going to win something like a team title, you got to have at least three of the other four guys pick up some slack too. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's really an individual sport when you're in the game. Like your first hole you're playing, and you end up finishing your nine, you have your results in. But like when it comes to like your buddies coming in, you got to you got to get some four four scores out there to add up. So you, for the team score. But I mean, a lot of people think that. Oh, golf is so individual, but really, it's not like coming down the stretch and with the sectionals and the swap coming up at the end of the year. I mean, it's this team aspect of it is really important because that's how you get four scores and six players too. So yeah, I was say, obviously, you know, winning the, the tournament as an individual is, is I'm sure, a, a big deal for you. But you got your score in as the one player, and you see everybody else coming in, and you're trying to trying to make sure you start adding numbers up in your head, seeing what do we need from here, what does that team need from there. That's kind of a probably a cool aspect to it as well. Yeah, it is. So, um, I mean, when you're on the course, though, I mean, you really can't think about results right. until, like, maybe you're on the green, maybe in, on the 18th hole. But, like, when you start thinking results in the middle of year round, it just it just kind of messes you up, even when you're halfway through there. And, of course, you know what you shoot through nine. But after that, you just have to keep grinding and finish out your nine after that. Uh, Sam shot a 74, by the way, to win the SWAC tournament. Will finish second with an, with an 80. Um, how do you make those six strokes up this year? Are you looking forward to, to pushing that? Uh, yeah, I definitely got to give Sam a run for his money this year. So I, I got to practice a little bit more. So yeah. the, the the sport of golf, I'd obviously, with when you see guys like Kepka and Tiger, the physical aspect is there. Uh, but golf, for me, the the mental side, and, and other than any other sport, is that you have to be the strongest mentally. If you have a bad hole, moving on to the next hole. How do, you, how do you even practice that side of the game of golf, the mental toughness side, to put away a bad shot or a bad hole and move on to the next one? 
It's really just about repetition. I mean, the amount of times you just, just keep playing, I mean, you'll get better at that. But, of course, like you said, if you have a bad hole, like I had a double bogey on hole five today, I just had to move on. I mean, it just, after, it just ruins your round if you keep it in your head. Like Ben Hogan said, we have it on the back of our shirts. The most important golf is the next. The most important shot in golf is the next shot. So you just have to keep that in your mind and keep grinding after you have a bad hole. What did you work on maybe this, this summer to, to, as we talk about, maybe cut that gap? Did you work on short game, putting? Was there, did you change your swing at all? What, uh, what maybe did you have to do this summer to kind of get yourself going towards, the, towards whatever goals you have? Uh, yeah, so last year I didn't really play that much during the summer, so I had to catch on during uh, midseason. So I played a few more holes this, this uh, past summer to just try and give Sam a run for his money again. That's what I tried gotta try and do. Sam, 74 is pretty good, but an eight golfer, if you shoot a 90, you want to shoot an 89. You shoot an 80, you want to shoot a 79. You shoot a 74, I'm guessing you want to eventually break that, that 70 barrier at some point, too, on a consistent basis. What, what did you work on to, to kind of shave? Because it's one thing when you're a guy like me in the, in the 90s and you can have a good day where everything goes right and you shave eight strokes off and shoot 85. It's hard to shave those last couple strokes off to get it down to, to par or below par. Yeah, that's exactly right. So when you're shooting like three over, that was 74, I mean, to get those last few strokes, it is tough. But, I mean, around the greens is where it all, all comes, it comes into play. Like three putts, you just have to keep those out of your round. And then chipping just up and down is the goal every time when you miss the green. And then, of course, when you have a bad drive, hopefully you can make it up with a, a steel bogey in there or something like that and maybe get up and down for par. But, I mean, those will happen. But it's really around the, around the greens where you make up the strokes. I have, a, I have a hard time seeing you even break 100. But... <laughs> What are you, a lot of... <laughs> I, I'm honest with myself. I'm, I'm a, I'm a 13.8 right. handicap. There you right. go. Wow, point eight. Uh, a lot of great courses around this area. Uh, you guys have a, a favorite course, whether it's your home course or a course that you get to play that, that you really look forward to. Okay, I'm, this is where I want to play. I, can, I know I can shoot low here. Uh, yeah, what's the one, Sam? TPC... TPC Riversman, yeah. we get to play out there. I think Kings invites us out. Nice. So, yeah, that's a really nice course. Look forward to playing that every year. How about for you, Sam? Yeah, that's the same thing. So, I mean, that was we played that two years ago, I think. I, we may play it again this year. I'm not sure. But going back to, like, um, if you're looking forward, what course you want to play. I mean, Circling Hills, of course, we play that a lot. But um, there's some tough courses that we play. Like, Houston Woods is tough, and it's long. I mean, I don't really like the course, but I mean, you just have to keep grinding through it. But um, but yeah, where, where's, where's the conference tournament this year? It's at Miami Whitewater. Okay. So I've played there quite a few times, and it's a, I like the course a lot. So well, when you guys, I mean, when you guys play TPC, if you need someone to come in, you know, and you're willing to give lessons or something through a round, you're, you're offering your services. I, I'd love to be up there. I'll, for I'll bet you what, it's, it's a very nice track. That's We're gonna write that down. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're gonna make a note of that right now. Yep, Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. We talked about the, the team championship last year. Um, you do have a, a, a third player back that, that actually was a second-team SWAC performer, so you got a little bit of depth. Where does the depth go beyond that, and, and do, will you have enough to maybe repeat as champions and maybe do something even better? Yeah, definitely our goal is to, to go three-peat this year with the SWAC championship. So we have uh, Ben Peasley out there. He's a varsity player, just two good rounds in the books and tryouts, so he's playing in the SWAC shootout uh, this Monday, actually. We have Blake Kepler coming in. He was a JV player last year, so he should be a good uh, scorer for us. Um, Hayden Klein also was on that list. And Braden Kucera, was, uh, he should be play a few matches for, matches for us, but... Um, oh. 
Apparently, we got a new <laughs> freshman this year. I haven't heard much about him, but yeah. He's a freshman, so you don't know him yet. Yeah, but I he's like coming. It. It's, it's, yeah. Last name is Woods, and the dad's from somewhere in Florida. I yeah. mean, you never know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, What's, maybe. Real, real quick, the, you talked about the improvement, the, the strong point of your game. What do you guys excel at the most on the golf course? Uh, I'd probably say irons are my part, best part of the game. I, I just always like to get it on the green so I can try and at least two putt. Cause I like it. Putting's my worst part of my game. So, yeah. That's what we need to fix, right, Will? That's right. <laughs> So I'd, I'd probably say the same thing. Actually, my iron game is pretty strong right now. At times it gets a little bit shaky, but my driving game is all right right now, but it's around the greens where you need to pick up the strokes and improve, your, improve our game. Sam, we've talked about the team aspect of it and a little bit of what you did individually in the SWAC. What, what is maybe just an individual goal for you this year as, as far as how far you can get? Yes, definitely to get out of sectionals is one of them, and it would be awesome to make it a state. That's definitely my main goal. I mean, I don't know about team to state, but individually, I definitely would love to make it to state. Last year at districts, it was just a, it was a great experience. I didn't play well, but it was a really tough course. But that would be, that would be awesome if I could make the state. That's the main goal. And it is so hard. I mean, you can have a great season, and, and one round always seems to define you, and maybe vice versa. Maybe that one round defines you in, in a positive way. Do you have an individual goal? Uh, same thing. I would like to try and make it to state too, either individual or team. And, yeah, get out of sectionals for sure, my main goal. Good stuff. And if you guys need lessons, I think Tony's more. No, I was asking for lessons. Oh, you were asking? I thought yeah. you were going to give. Like I could just but you were the three no. handicap. I'm saying, like, I could just come by and pick up some pointers at different parts of the day. You can caddy, maybe. Yeah. Drive, we'll let you drive the cart as long as you got your license. Did you get your license back? Yes. Okay. Just to make sure that. that's good. <laughs> Fellas, best of luck this year. Congratulations on last year and certainly looking forward to a great year. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you very it much. very much. We'll continue. We'll talk some girls golf next as we roll along the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media.
Welcome back in as we continue with the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12, local12.com with apparently a three handicap golfer that I never knew about, Tony Pike, who played quarterback for the University of Cincinnati and uh, in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. For those that don't know, Tony does have a bobblehead coming up at UC this year, right? The 10-year anniversary of Armand Ben saving your hide by making a great diving catch off of a terrible throw. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that have commented that my arms should be bigger on the bobblehead. That they don't look quite big, but a lot of people seem to think that the head of the bobblehead is a proportionate size. Now, I guarantee you it's a proportionate size for <laughs> sure. All right, uh, let's continue talking some golf. We talked with girls golf. We talked to some league champs just a moment ago. We'll talk to some league champs again from a year ago. Uh, Todd Sams is the junior varsity coach stepping in for uh, Brian Carr. Uh, and you got a, a chunk back from that, that, that SWAC championship team from last year. And it was a championship team that won by, what, 50, I think 50 strokes in the, in the tournament, right? It was, it was a good match, let's just say that. That was a very good day for us. Um, and I'd say from that team, we only lost one starter. So I'm, it's looking really good. Yeah. We, have, we have high hopes for everything. We've got a big match coming up uh, next Wednesday between Edgewood and Little Miami, a tri-match. Um, Edgewood has one of the top golfers. What's it going to Sarah, Sarah Abner, she did, did she win tournament last year? She's really good. But we want to, you know, compete against the rest of, you know, you take six golfers, you take the top four scores, and I think we can compete. So hopefully we'll win that one. And then league championship at the end of the month of September, September 26th, and that's a, that'll be a great match. So if we can win by 50 again, I'd be... <laughs> yes. and that's when you can breathe easy. You don't have to worry that about was a very, where the score's going here. That was, that was an awesome day. And we had won the year before that, um, but it was pretty tight. So it's much nicer when it's a pretty much a, a good victory like that. With us, we have uh, senior Mackenzie Mobley, who was third in the uh, SWAC tournament last year, and Kennedy Ashley, uh, Kennedy Ashley, a junior, who finished uh, fourth. And, and let's face it, um, in, in golf, some teams can have that one player and maybe have a second player, but if you're going to win, girls, obviously you got to have a third, fourth, and sometimes a fifth to bail out the third or the fourth, or maybe even bail out the second on occasion. And obviously you guys have some of that depth, correct? There we go. There we go. Um, I'll ask you too, because again, this is kind of that, that individual sport, team sport. Do you like the team aspect of it? Um, the individual part obviously is there, but do you guys like the team portion of it as well? Um, I like the team portion because you just get the team bond, and but I also like the individual part because you can't blame anyone but yourself. So, how about for you? Yeah, I like both the team and the individual because you can like get to experience things as a team, like a lot of other sports. But with golf, then you get to like just focus on yourself and your own shots. I always thought the the aspect of golf, which was more intriguing at a match, is your opponent that you're playing against. And you watch some people and they communicate with their opponent. Is that something you talk about a, like a tri-match? Are you guys communicating with your opponents a lot or is it just locked into what you're doing on the course and, and that's all you're worried about? No, I, there's a lot of respect out there. And even though we're, you know, we, we're, we're Harrison, we want to win, right. we're a team, but I, I see these ladies, they help each other out. There's, it, there's yep. a lot of courtesy, just a lot of good sportsmanship. Um, and that's, that's always the best match is when yep. you see kids from different schools working to see the best from everybody. And so that's, I see that a lot with these girls, even if they might not. Yeah, do, you guys, do you guys enjoy the chatter walking down fairways or are you pretty locked in? I mean, I try to make small conversation, like ask what grade they're in, how long they've been playing, but not really a lot. Pretty, pretty locked so. in then. Yeah. <laughs> how, how about for you? I mean, I like 
to have conversations. I just like to like make new friends from different schools and stuff. And like, it's nice like if you make conversation at the beginning and if they need help like where certain, where the greens are in certain holes, you can help them and stuff. How competitive are you guys with each other when, when you play? Because I'm sure in some practices or maybe even some events where ones and twos are playing with other ones and twos, you're playing together. I'm sure some, maybe not a lot, but at least some. How competitive are you guys together? We're pretty competitive. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. Are you at least conversational with each other? Yeah. All right, okay, because they're still a teammate, right, at the yeah. end of the day? Yeah, they've both been playing varsity since their freshman year, uh, a senior and a junior, and so they, they started off and they just stepped right into the varsity level. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. We've got, we got a really good team coming up. We have we got about, what, three sophomores that are probably going to be, uh, besides these two young ladies, we've got three sophomores that are probably going to be playing starting varsity. We've got uh, a couple of freshmen that might get some time up there. So we have, we're just really, we've got 16 girls out. We, we had a, the program 10 years ago might have had five kids total. We're up to 16 now, and we're really enjoying it. We've got full, full schedules, full matches, and... I mean, he's, and, he's, and they don't they don't act like it, but they are very courteous, like I said, to their competitors. The other the other teams that we work with, we always get you know kudos from them, and they are like Kennedy said, you know they they help them out to find on the courses, so it's good stuff. Coach, you're at the at the the JV level, which mm -hmm. to me is in, important in any sport, but when you're talking about a sport like golf, what are you looking for at the JV level to say, okay? This is where you're at now, and how can we get you to where you want to be? There's a lot of that. We, we play mostly, they're at Circling Hills on the big course. And typically, though, we're at Robinson, that's a little par three. Okay. And so for us, it's just a matter of getting those young ladies comfortable playing this, this match. And um, some girls are going to make it to varsity, and others aren't. But, but I tell them every time, I said, hey, you got to be out here having fun. It's going to be, I want this to be a good sport. You can do this the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. And um, so I want to prepare those young ladies. And, and those three sophomores that are going to probably be playing varsity this year that stepped up from JV last year, they put the work into it, and they worked hard, and they were, and they were ready every day. Like, hey, coach, let me play today. Let me try. Let me try. And, and I think that's what, you know, that's a big, it's a, men, it's a mental game. And these two are the queens of the mental game. <laughs> girls, girls, for both of you, obviously successful seasons last year. What's the best part of your game right now, and what have you tried to improve the most in the offseason? Um, the best part of my game would probably be I can hit the driver pretty far, but putting, I need to really work on putting. It's, it's a struggle. Yeah, I can't hit the far as I can't hit the ball as far as Mackenzie can, but I'm better at like the touch shots, like 40, 50, 60 yards. We can make up some shots for sure. Yes. Mackenzie, when did you start playing the game? What, what drew you to the game? Um, I mean, I had a club in my hand when I was six years old just because of my dad. I mean, he played a lot, so. But I really started playing, like, freshman year. You Do, do you enjoy the – because it is a game that you can't really put aside for very long because of the whole muscle memory portion of it. Do you enjoy working at the game? Yeah, I love the game. I think it's, it's a great game. And like Coach said, you can play it all your life. So. More importantly, can you beat your dad yet? I have not, but uh, I will. Trust I me, will. when it happens, it's good. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. I, I, yeah, my, my daughter beat me when she was 10. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a true story. Uh, Kennedy, how about for you? When did you, when did you get to the game, and, and what, what drew you to it? Um, I probably first picked up a club like the summer before freshman year. Wow. Um, and I started because of my dad, who's a really big golfer. Uh, the closest I've come to him, I was one stroke off of beating him, mm. but 
he says that it's never going to happen. So. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. It's it, a great it, day. It, it, mm -hmm. it always does. That day may not speak to you for a while, but yep. it is a it is a yep. it is a great day. Uh, Coach, lastly for for you, um, I will ask. I know in Kentucky they're going now to the four-player format. They're, it's it's only four can only play. Four, only six four can, play. Yeah, but only the top four. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you. I mean, that that, that four format they're doing it supposedly for speed of play. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of coaches over there that don't agree with it. Would you? I'm going to guess you wouldn't like this. It, it always feels like you at least need the fifth to give you some wiggle room and a sixth, and plus it gives you a little bit more. Uh, oh, yeah. inclusive nature to it for life. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way the way that it works is good. I mean, for state of Ohio, the big emphasis on rules this year is speed of play, sure. though. So we might have to have some conversations with some with some other coaches and some players. You know, there's some kids that might sometimes take six practice, practice swings. swings. That's, you know, the, the, the new state rules are they, they emphasize try to make it just one. And um, because it's a speed of play, and if you think about it, I mean, these golf courses have other paying sure. customers. You can't take three, four, five, six hours to play. Well, and for some after-school matches, by the time you get on the oh, course at that time of year, dark. the sun's going down. Yeah, yeah so you better, you we have ran get into done. that before with some teams. Um, but I, I mean, I, I like the teamwork aspect. I mean, you, you got six golfing, four count. And that way, if you got somebody that struggles that day, they don't feel like they let down the team. I mean, today they, they had a practice round. Uh, tryout rounds and the score that we got as a team, the top four, would have did pretty well. It was it would have been a really good score for mid-season last year. I'm guessing so. broke. Did you break 400 as a group? Well, uh, just playing nine. Just oh, okay. playing nine. So yes, they broke, broke 200. 200 yeah. They broke 200 for nine holes between four young ladies. Very good. So Very good. We're excited. Good stuff. Ladies, best of luck this season. Coach, right. thanks for pinch hitting. Did a great job. Thanks very much. All right, we'll continue. We've got another segment coming up. We're going to talk with band director Brian Egan as the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show continues from ESP Media. Tomorrow, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to let you go and walk away like every day I said I would. And tomorrow, I'm going to listen to that voice of reason inside my head telling me that we're no good. But tonight I'm going to give it one last time, rock you strong in the gonna break down and call you up when my heart cries out for you and tomorrow you won't believe it but when I pass your house I won't stop no matter how bad I want to but tonight I'm gonna give in one last time rock you strong in these arms of mine forget all
Welcome back as we continue the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. We've talked football, cross-country, soccer, tennis, volleyball, girls' volleyball, that is, boys' and girls' golf. And now time to talk some band. And we talked in terms of that, that potential new field and the new turf of what it's going to mean for the football program and the soccer program and younger sports programs. But it can also mean something for you. We welcome in the, the band director, Brian Egan. It can also mean something for you. The fact is that you can maybe host a, host a band competition and maybe get to work on a, on a field where you're going to other competitions and kind of get used to that as well. It's going to mean something for you guys too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we used to host a show probably four years ago, and with the way our art is changing, uh, all the fields that we go to now and compete on is all turf. A lot of the schools won't come to a grass field anymore just because it messes up equipment, uh, ruins uniforms, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, we're, we're excited that the turf's coming in so that we can bring back sounds of the stadium and get a lot more schools up here and show off our facilities even more. Yeah. A couple of drum majors, uh, seniors uh, with us, Ben Calabrese and Carolyn Leonard. You guys are not going to be able to, uh, to enjoy that, that new field. But, but when you would look back on it and, and what you've gone through, how much are you looking forward to maybe one day coming back and seeing a band competition on the field that used to be your field? Yes, um, I think it'd be wonderful um, to see the new facility um, and the new band that's coming up. Um, there's some people that'll be in that position um, here in the next few years. Um, coming back, seeing a nice facility, something that's accurate, um, nice to march on, and something that's safe. Carolyn? Um, we have certainly always just marched on our field the way it is with it being grass and stuff, but for the future drum um, marching bands, it's going to be a lot easier for them and a lot safer, and it's going to be helpful for them and to show our wonderful techniques that we create every day. Coach, you mentioned the the ease with equipment and the safety for equipment. What are some of the biggest differences that, that you've seen from doing this on grass and then going and being able to do competitions on a turf field? Uh, well, all of our uniforms, uh, it, it's kind of funny to say <laughs> that we probably spend about $2,000 a year just in cleaning our uniforms from being on our field. Uh, when, like We use more than just our feet. Our kids are on their knees, they're moving, they have the guards all over the field all the time, and anytime that it rains, we, we don't really get to perform the way we get to perform. Uh, and then all of our equipment that comes on the field, all of our, like uh, our woodwind instruments, if, it, if it's a wet field and we set them down on the ground, it could, it could ruin an instrument. Uh, all of our, our percussion equipment that's on wheels, we have to make sure it works with our field. And you know, any ruts that happen, it, it could tear a wheel off or it could you know, in, in break, it, break equipment, all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, with the turf, it's gonna be a consistent field all the time and we're gonna know exactly what we can do. And when we travel to other schools, all the shows we go to for our contests, Again, all of them are turf. We're the only grass field in our circuit right now. Yeah. Ben, I was going to say, that the show must go on, right? But at the yes. same time, how hard is it to focus on a night when it is rain for maybe the whole first half and you're dragging equipment on the field and you're sloshing around in the mud and you're still having to perform at what you're hoping is your highest level? That's got to be a little distracting. Uh, it's extremely distracting. And when there's so much stuff going on, the last thing you're going to think is, is there a pothole on the 50-yard line? There's just too much. That you never see. You're just going to step in. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the times, like, it's dangerous. Like, you can roll your ankle, and when it gets stepped on so much and gets muddy, it's... I was going to say, when you, when you leave one of those rainy nights, Carolyn, how, how, how muddy and nasty is, is the uniform? Most definitely really <laughs> muddy. It's a pain, especially to get out of, like, all of your clothes and stuff like that. 
Let's talk about your, your, your band group and, and uh, what, what you've got uh, as far as numbers and, and what you're looking forward to and what maybe is the halftime theme for this year. Are you you're not ready to divulge that yet? Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, this year we are marching 48 uh, musicians and we have 14 color guard, two drum majors, uh, and a bunch of other little random people that we're going to be throwing in to do stuff. Uh, our show this year is it's called Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, it's music of Pink Floyd and... We've got a little David Bowie in there. We've it, it, it's got a little Star Trek in there. It's, it's going to be a really interesting show this year. Um, keep an eye out. We have a bunch of stars on it. We're going to be making different constellations. Uh, the whole show basic idea is to explore what's on that backside of the moon. So it's, it's very spacey. A uh, lo lot of Apollo 11 stuff, a lot of Apollo 11 quotes going on. Uh, it, it's a Apollo 11 anniversary year. Yep. And it's a Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Mood anniversary yep. year. So we decided to put them both together and make a show out of it. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. Uh, we, the, we've been in camp for now for, this is our second week in. Uh, our first week, we just do some short days. We call these every days. We're in for the next two weeks. Uh, kids go 8 to 5, and we're out there putting the dots on the field, uh, sweating on the parking lot. Uh, we're excited that when the turf comes in, hopefully we'll get some turf time to where we can get into the stadium, get a lot higher up, and, you know, not be on a scissor lift. And, Get, get, to, get to work the acoustics. Uh, it's, it's really neat. The, the grass field and the turf field sound different. So when we go to our show, acoustically. Yeah, acoustically. Really? Yeah, well, the way the sound bounces off the field is different from yeah. how it absorbs and all that. Kind of, it's just like carpet and tile. It's two different things. Uh, so when we get into a field that is more what everybody else has, we can set ourselves up better to you know, achieve and listen across and balance and everything. Yeah. It feels like during football season, especially every week, you know, you watch the Ohio State band, and there's, they're pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope. How much have you guys seen it now of the evolution of halftime performances and what you're capable of and, and how everything just kind of encompasses that whole Friday night feel? Yeah, uh, we've grown a lot. So when I got this job seven years ago, we were just a halftime football band where they just did a, a small show between just halftime only. Uh, we've now grown. We, are, we, we compete with the uh, Mid-States Band Association. So we travel all over, all over Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio, uh, different contests. And we've been pushing that art, the, the limit of what we can do with marching band. So it's more than just just a show. We are now, it, it's, it's almost like a dramatic production. Right. So, yeah, we, we've, you'll, we pull a lot. We pretty much set the football stadium up like a stage. And it, it's, just, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, Ohio State is a, is a wonderful college band. They push that limit for that halftime thing. Uh, they, they're great at what they do. Uh, we, we focus more on like the drum corps style of marching band. Um, it gives the kids a lot more uh, performance opportunity. Yeah. I, I got to ask, because Pink Floyd's my generation, for goodness sakes, what did, you, what did you guys know of Pink Floyd before you started playing some of it? I love Pink Floyd. All right, good. Um, all right. I'm, I'm a guitarist myself, yeah, right. so rock, um, yeah, it's my thing. How about for you? Um, I love Pink Floyd as well. I'm wow, very, that's awesome. I'm um, very familiar with his album. Dark Side of the Moon with brain damage and all that stuff. So. Very good. I, that stuns me. I would have thought that, that maybe we'd get a couple I've never heard of them in my life. Very you'd good. Be, you'd be surprised. These kids, are, they've they're, they're got that old spirit in them. Nice. So, awesome they're very stuff. well diverse in music. Yeah. Uh, uh, lastly, how, ma how, many, uh, how many performances and band competitions will you go to in the course of a, of a year? We have seven this year that we go on for our tour. Uh, this week is what we do on Saturdays. Uh, and then we have four home games, and I think we're going to four of the away games this year. Yeah. So, lots, lots of performance. We, uh, 
we perform probably more than any other ensemble in the school. I think by the end of the year, we, we end up having 100 performances. Wow. Yeah. We're uh, performing this year at Blink down in Cincinnati again. Uh, we were the debut band when they first did it two years ago. So we get to go first again this year when awesome. it comes back in. So come check us out downtown for Blink as well. It's in October. They obviously wanted you back. Yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Guys, best of luck this year. Like I said, I know you won't be able to, uh, to take advantage of that turf when it comes in, but uh, hopefully you can come back and look at it and go, hey, that's what a performance could really look like on the turf. <laughs> Guys, thanks very much. Coach, appreciate it very All much right, as thanks well. Thanks a lot. We'll come back, wrap things up with the athletic director, Mark Mybers. It's the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media. Back here to wrap things up on the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show. Welcome back in. Mark Mybers, the athletic director here at Harrison and Stadium Renovation Project. Uh, I'm going to call him Engineer. Dan Denier, I've just I've made up a title for him. Your Stadium Project Engineer is what you've become. All right, so yeah, I've, I've, I've given him a title. Um, I think for you guys, obviously this is a very passionate project for both of you. And mm -hmm. when you hear the student athletes and, and even though the two band kids we just had will not get a chance to perform on it, you can tell how much of a difference it's going to make for all of them. That's got to raise your passion level even further. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's what I like about evenings like this and obviously seeing, you know, the huge crowd that we had and all the different kids that are in. Every single team, every single kid, band, football, whatever it is, the amount of hours that they truly put into their craft. You know, you hear our golf guys talking about what they're doing over the summer and a lot of times people don't think, oh, you're on the golf team, it's uh, no big deal. But everybody, they talked about the mental part of the right. game. Mm -hmm. um, it really, it's humbling to think that we, myself, our boosters, like we're allowed to work with these kids. We're allowed to take it every day and try to do something that's going to be better for them. And I look at this project and I think to myself, again, um, how blessed we are to be here. Obviously, again, thank the Board of Education, um, our superintendent, John Hampshire, and, and I want to thank Joe Fetty. Joe Fetty is our booster president he couldn't be here but we've had a team of and, and most are still sitting here we've had a team of 20 residents that have been working on this since february and i'm talking meeting two times a month a uh, hundred emails uh text messages from me you know updates it's just been on and on and on and, and i want to take this time to thank them because they're really the folks behind the scenes that are driving the 1.5 million dollars in our privately funded no tax dollar used renovations. I think that's when you talk about an event like this, it's a Friday night, it's in the summer, beautiful night outside to see a, a full cafeteria here and see so many people show up. Yep. Says a lot about the community. If, if this is now passing and someone's listening to this or they listen to it in the future, is there a way that someone can go on a, a website that they can look at or a contact that they can find out more information as well. Yeah, if you could go to www.wildcatfuture.com. So that was just released. That just went live the other day. Again, www.wildcatfuture.com. That has every bit of information that you would need. Uh, it gives you the ability to not only print off a pledge card, but you could also do an online donation. 
Uh, and then you could also just spread the word. I mean, that's a way for people to get that out there and let them know where we're at, where we're going, and, and obviously our goal here in the future. I know this is a grassroots thing, but you, you're also hoping for hopefully a corporate sponsor or two, or who knows where it could go. I'll ask you, Dan, I mean, is this a thing where you think at the grassroots level will be enough, or will you need somebody major maybe to provide some level of gift? And again, if they're listening, what, what can those people do rather than maybe what we just talked about? I think with the way that everything's playing out right now, uh, and I, I, I guess the word hype would uh, kind of feel really good right now. I mean, you saw the attendance here before. Sure. Um, I think it's really going to go throughout the community really well. Um, I know corporately, the company that I work for, we will definitely be donating, and so and personally, I'm also going to be donating. It's it's because I have my daughter here's seven, going to be seven. My son's ten. I mean, this is the future. It's the right. community, and that's I want this to be there for them. It's awesome stuff. Tony, yeah. anything else? Great stuff, guys. We appreciate it very much. I know you guys are looking forward to a great fall sports season too. Again, if I had anything else uh, just to add, again, those folks that are sitting here, the people that have been on our team, Dan, uh, Lauren's done a bunch of behind-the-scenes work. I mean, we have had people put in countless hours, and I know lots of times you may receive information from me, and you're like, gosh, this guy wouldn't leave me alone uh, or say thank you, but this is obviously an opportunity to be able to do that because the behind-the-scenes hours and time and work we've done has just been tremendous, and this project wouldn't happen without them. Uh, I think the last thing is we had people vote tonight. I do want to let everybody know we are going to count those votes tonight. We will go online. We're going to kind of let people know Where what's stands. in the lead. Uh, and then we will have those pictures. And I've had three or four other people stop me tonight and say, hey, can you get a rendering of this? Can you get a rendering of this? Uh, we will get some more, and we will have that at home football games. Uh, we will try to have it at other homes, sporting events, open houses, and then we'll continue to get input from the community. And then our goal is obviously the very last boys basketball game of the year, do an unveiling uh, and kind of let everybody know what's going to happen June 1 of 2020. I like awesome. it's going to happen, so there you go. Awesome. Going to happen. I think like big. Exactly. That's why I keep telling you, people keep looking at it. Just tell you, think big. Is that the hashtag on Twitter, by the way? That is the hashtag on be, Twitter. Right? It's got to be. You just got to think big. I mean, I think it's time. Uh, the Harrison community is growing and, and getting bigger, and we're going to continue to think big because the kids, it's for them. Great stuff, guys. Best of luck. Awesome. Best of luck with uh, not only fall sports, but the, the rest of the school year as well. That's the athletic director, Mark Mybers and Dan Denier. For Tony Pike and our producer engineer, Rob Ebel, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Harrison Wildcats Fall Sports Preview Show from ESP Media. You're at, at.